celebrate the feast of the baptism of our Lord. It's the day when we normally have the sprinkling rite as we begin our Mass. But since we've been sprinkled this past week, right, we're not good friends with water right now. So we've had enough of that. Uh, just a quick summary as I begin the homily this morning uh, to bring you up to date on what has happened here at St. Margaret of York. Obviously, we've had quite a few pipes that have burst, right, a few pipes over at our school, which now have been repaired. And then we also had uh, one of the pipes, and all of these here are pipes that go to our sprinkler system. So we had one burst in the day chapel, uh, ruining all the carpet and a good number of the chairs there. So the carpet's been torn up and thrown away. Uh, we also had a sprinkler burst in the work sacristy, which is right behind me on the right, um, in one of the closets. So a good portion of the vestments right, are now being uh, dry cleaned. We hope that there are, is not any permanent damage there. And then also uh, we have about five uh, pipes, I believe, up here to my right that, were, that burst as well. So keep us in your prayers. Um, starting tomorrow, I believe, they're going to be, be in here with scaffolding and they're going to repair these five pipes that they know are burst and then they're going to turn the water back on to see if there's any further damage on up, you know, the peaked part of the roof. So say a prayer that this is all that we're dealing with because if there is damage up in the actual ceiling, we're looking at ripping off the roof to get at it or pulling off the stucco on this side of the roof. So that's fairly messy. Um, and then as well, we have a lot of important decisions to make. Obviously, the solution uh, is to go to a dry system, right, with our sprinkler system, so that all the water is contained in cisterns uh, in the ground and when and the pipes are full of air, uh, compressed air. So when there is a fire, the water is then pumped up through the pipes and comes out through the sprinkler system. That way we don't have to worry about frozen pipes in the future, right? If we fix all these things and we fill the system up with water, we're looking at the same thing all over again, right? Uh, it happened again last year over at the offices. So it's, it's a problem we have here. Uh, the roof was definitely to code, you know, so it wasn't a problem there. There just wasn't anything we could do. Um, again, we're very grateful for all those who have been helping all those maintenance staff, and especially Mike Ott, uh, who has been basically spending his days and his nights here at the church this past week, uh, really hasn't been doing much sleeping. These things have happened at midnight, 4 a.m., uh, day after day. So uh, hasn't been pretty, and I apologize for the inconvenience over here in the corner. So as we move forward, just to keep us in your prayers and know that we're going to be, you know, kind of in bare bones right now. We're kind of unplugged. We don't want to plug too much in this morning, right? We don't want to fry our musicians, so uh, bear with us, right? Um, today, as I said, is the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord. And as I, as I had explained last week, right, there are four feasts that make up this Feast of Epiphany in the early church, Christmas, Magi, Baptism of the Lord, Wedding Feast of Cana, right? All these four feasts were celebrated in the early church on January 6th. Right? And since then, we've separated them out a little bit. So that's why we celebrated Christmas, you know, the Magi on January 6th, and then lo and behold, today we're celebrating the baptism of the Lord. Right? It ends our Christmas season and begins ordinary time. So definitely, as I was saying, the theme, because of the early church and how they celebrated it, they called it Epiphany Manifestation. The theme of all of these different feasts, right, is definitely God who manifests himself to us, right? And today, the baptism of the Lord, 
God, Jesus Christ, who is manifested as the Son of God. Right? God comes, he hears a voice, and he says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Right? We see that Jesus' divinity is made manifest. But another way that we can discover what is trying to be uh, taught or what is trying to be transmitted is by looking at our readings and seeing what is the theme, what is the common thread in today's feast in particular, What's the common thread in all three readings? And it's the following. If we go to the book of the prophet Isaiah that we read in our first reading, it says, Thus says the Lord, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased. We go to our second reading, the Acts of the Apostles. In truth, I see that God shows no partiality. Rather, in every nation, whoever fears him and acts uprightly is acceptable or pleasing to him. And then if we read in our gospel today, a voice came from the heavens saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Start to see now the theme, right? What are we supposed to be reflecting on among the many things we hear in our readings? There's definitely a common thread, right? God who is pleased, God who is pleased with us, God who is pleased with his servant, God who is pleased with his son, right? We see the theme of the son who pleases his father. All of you who are parents out there know that children like to please their parents. And before you disagree, right, there's probably a lot of things where you say, well, I haven't had that experience too often. I would rather say that my children like to annoy me or bother me or not do what I tell them to do. But if you think about it, I've been to many of your homes, you go to the refrigerator, and what's on most of your refrigerators? You have like a bazillion magnets with all this artwork and pictures all over the refrigerator. Or you have cork boards or whiteboards, and you have all your children's artwork stuck on the whiteboards, refrigerators, etc. And what happens when your child comes home from school with that piece of artwork, right? That they've colored with crayons or they finger painted, right? They come in the door and they run up to you and they say, Mommy, Daddy, look what I did today. It's for you. And then as you say to them, Oh, that's so beautiful. You just see the biggest smile on your child's face. Isn't that true? I believe you've probably all had that experience. Right, your children who come home, and whether it's their report card, right, they got an A+, plus, or whether it's their artwork, or whether it's a trophy they got in sports, or there's a gazillion different ways, but children, they come up to you, they, they bring these things before you, and they're so excited when they see that you are pleased. That's what makes them happy. And then you almost see the smile on their face and then they run off, right? And then they go rip apart the house. But at least at that moment, right, they're, they're, they're happy. They're like, wow, mommy, daddy, they were pleased. They liked what I did. I made them happy. And I think even as we grow up, we still have this thing within us. It's part of our human nature that we want to please those people that we love. We have a craving for that. 
We want to please our parents. We want to please our spouse. We want to please our children. We want to please people we love. My dear brothers and sisters, that's the theme of today's feast. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God is happy with his son. God is smiling at his son. But what happens is we hear these things, right? And we say, yes, they definitely apply when it comes to our parents. They apply when it comes to our children. They apply when it comes to our spouse, right? People that we love. But when we talk about God, if we're really honest with ourselves, probably the majority of us struggle with that idea of pleasing God, right? Yeah, yeah, we obey him. We want to do what he tells us. We respect him, right? We want to be with him forever in heaven. We hope to be rewarded. But how many of us can say that our life is summed up with this burning desire to please God? That is, I want so badly to see God smile at me. When we put it that way, we can say, yeah, you're right. It's probably not all that often that I experience that desire to please God, to see God happy with me as a child is so excited to show their father or mother their report card, their trophy, their artwork. Right? And they're, just, they're almost like dancing there. You know, they're jumping around like, look, 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 until you finally look, right? You say, oh, go downstairs and look at, look at my Lego set. Look what I built, right? Until you go downstairs, they're still saying, hey, Dad, Mom, will you come down and look at what I built? Come down and look at, look at what I built until you finally go down and then they're like, oh, they're so happy. We don't often experience that kind of thing with God, if we're honest with ourselves. And I think the reason is two. There's two reasons. There are two reasons. I think the first possible reason is that we haven't truly experienced God as Father. We may have experienced God as Lord and Creator, but have I experienced God as Father, as Daddy, as someone I just want to see him smile at me. I want to please him. I think that's the first reason why we struggle maybe a little bit with that concept of pleasing God. And then the second thing we can glean from this morning's gospel. Jesus Christ, what does he do? He goes down into the Jordan River and he's baptized by John. But remember, John's baptism wasn't a sacrament. John's baptism is not the baptism that you and I and each and every one of us has received. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. That is, he was calling the people of Israel to come down into the Jordan to be baptized, right, as a sign of their total turning towards God, turning away from the path they had been 
following the path of sin, the path away from God, and a baptism of repentance, walking now towards God, following God. That was the baptism John was administering. That's how he was preparing the way for Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, what does he do? Jesus Christ comes, he doesn't need that baptism of repentance. Jesus Christ doesn't need to turn away from a sinful path that he had been walking down and now walk a path towards his Father. What he's doing is he's giving us an example. He's saying, if you want to be pleasing to my heavenly Father, your heavenly Father... You need to be like me. You need to go down into the Jordan, receive this baptism of repentance that is a change of life. That is my whole life totally, completely dedicated to the Lord. That I'm following the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, that's the second reason why sometimes we don't feel or experience that we're pleasing God quite possibly because we're still following our sinful ways. Yes, we come, we pray, but yet if I really get down and analyze my life, can I say that my life is an exact replica of that of Jesus Christ? Do I die to myself? Do I speak well of others? Do I give myself totally in love to those around me? Am I totally passionate about God's will, God's plan in my life? My dear brothers and sisters, uh, this morning I brought you uh, a little gift. Uh, About a year and a half ago, I went over to the Holy Land and I had a chance to visit for the first time those places where Jesus grew up, where he walked, where he taught. And I was able to smuggle out a bottle of water from the River Jordan. So this morning, at the back of church as you leave, I've blessed that water, and it'll be in a glass bowl as you go out the rear exit of the church. Right? It's a moment for us that you can dip your hand in that holy water, dip your hand in the water where Jesus Christ was baptized, right? and make the sign of the cross remembering your own baptism, right? That's why we have holy water fonts in the church. It's to remember our own baptism and not remember only the sacrament that we've received, but also remind ourselves of the attitude that we're called to have. That attitude of Jesus Christ, that one, God is my Father, and two, I'm called to totally, completely commit myself to Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, as you walk out this evening, right, and have that opportunity, right, to bless yourself with the very same water where Jesus Christ was baptized from the River Jordan. Ask our Lord for that grace. Lord, I want to follow the Father's will in the very same way that you did.